Time now to talk youth football with Frank Dolce. He joins us on the Sprint special guest line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for ninety nine ninety nine. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Frank, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, man, I can't tell you how excited I was to talk to you this morning. You front runner. <laughs> I'm excited to talk to you <laughs> every Monday morning. It doesn't have anything to do with the win or the loss. Sometimes when you talk about a loss... It's even more compelling. There's, you know, everybody wants to complain about it, but so Whiners. wins are boring. <laughs> Winning's boring. <laughs> By the way, did you? I was just looking at the the post game uh, comments by Coach Leach. Did you guys? Did you guys watch that? We're well aware of it. Yes, Frank. Yeah. What did you? What do you think of the way that Coach Leach manages his? post game do you think that's strategy or do you think that he's just like i mean i don't, I don't know what kind of personality trait is that as i said i think it's great to be leech when you win it's all about how eccentric and creative and funny and masterful you are and when you lose these guys suck yeah i want him to be i want him to be the same way when they lose like you know, be creative and interesting, and but, but it, yeah, but it, it turns nothing, into like he, there's nothing, he torches the team. There's nothing funny about getting your butt kicked, though. So I think he's got to be different. The question is, how is he going to be different? And it was by calling yeah. him soft and entitled. Yes. Yep. Well, but you look at the way they finished the last two games. They got outscored fifty to fourteen in one game. They got outscored twenty-four to nothing in this game. So it's not like they're fighting back down the stretch. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, especially on the on the defensive side, that team has some some issues. I think we noticed it first, uh, maybe against Houston, there was some tendency on the defensive side to not make not make plays when there was you know the opportunity to make a play, and then obviously against UCLA, it was like a a train wreck, and and then the way Utah managed managed these guys on on Saturday, that was pretty dominant effort so i'm curious now that it's done and the youths have the win and you know you fans should feel better about that but uh, you know the discussion will always follow did that win say more about the youths and their ability to play well or did it say more about the cougars just folding their tent and doesn't tell us that much about what the youths are going to do down the line against some other teams how do you look at that yeah i i think it you know i i wouldn't I wouldn't jump on the you know the youth are headed to playoff now kind of kind of talk. Um, I, I think this Utah team still has something to prove against more significant competition, and not that Washington State isn't significant competition, but but I just think there are weaknesses on that team, and Utah was able to exploit those those weaknesses. Now Utah certainly played well, and they corrected a lot of mistakes from the, the prior week and and did a lot a, a lot of things really well it took took a step forward so although the loss was really bad at USC i think that facing that adversity for the first time and then coming into a game with you know kind of your back against the wall and having having to respond and and you know all of those things i i think utah did that really well and answered a lot of questions so i you know i'm not this to me, this this Utah team still—it's not like this team's gonna walk into the 
you know, division championship and maybe get into the conference championship game. Um, but I think they're better than, than they looked at USC. And, and, and maybe it's, it's more telling about Washington State. I think this Washington State team has some significant issues, especially on the defensive side. Uh, no question about that. They'll face their music versus uh, these other teams to go forward. But as far as the Utes go, we've got five games now. And in my mind, Tyler Huntley's been nothing short of brilliant. He is the conference MVP offensively. He's first team all-conference. It's still more than half the season to go, obviously. But to this date, I don't think you can ask anything better. He's a senior. Everything is together. For whatever reason, he and Ludwig, as opposed to the other coordinators that he's had, have been on the same page to the point where he has just been awesome. And what do you attribute that to? Andy Ludwig utilizing the skill set, utilizing the talent that he has available and managing it the right way. I, I think that the things that we talked about, Andy Ludwig coming into this offense, taking over as offensive coordinator, I think we're seeing those things come true. I mean, he got a lot of Coach Ludwig got a lot of got a lot of flack last week, two two weeks ago, I guess I should say, with USC and not being able to punch it in from three yards out a couple of times, and you know, an offense that didn't have great productivity in the passing game although it was efficient not not a lot of yardage and and so there were you know there, there were people that were down on that but but the way that Tyler Huntley is playing and utilizing his his strengths and his skill set you know what else do you attribute that to I mean it's it's Tyler Huntley certainly and it's coach Ludwig putting him in the right situations and right circumstances and and then the execution so for a guy to to go with his completion percentage, not that he played a perfect game on Saturday, but man, that was pretty close. I mean, his completion percentage was fantastic. He was over 11 yards per reception, which is fantastic. And a lot of that goes to the receivers. Those guys did a, did a really nice job. He still hasn't thrown an interception. He's utilizing his legs to escape. How many times did he escape pressure? And then – He's taken the step forward, and he's evolved as a quarterback. He's keeping his eyes downfield. He's making throws downfield on the run. I think he, he had less than 10 runs in the game, and that includes the scrambling. So for, for Tyler Huntley, that's the kind of game that you hope Tyler Huntley can figure out how to play every single week. And if, if Utah can, can go into a game and get you know, 150, 200 yards rushing like they did last week, and the productivity out of Tyler Huntley they had against Washington State, this is a team that's going to be a really tough out going, going through the rest of the schedule. Yes, but since they used the mulligan and they've still got what looks like an enormous game with Washington left, so even though there aren't a lot of complete teams that look really good, they're going to face a, a good Cal defense. Now, Cal's quarterback is hurt, and we'll have to see for how long. They're going to have to face what looks like a good defense at Arizona State. Arizona State's offense, you know, maybe maybe there won't be much productivity there. We'll have to see. I mean, they're starting a young quarterback. So do you feel like the Utes have really arrived offensively or they had three overmatched opponents in the non-conference schedule? And Washington State, in your own words, has got significant issues defensively. Are we still dealing with some unknowns for the Utes on offense? 
Yeah, I, I think there's still some unknowns. I, I don't know that they've arrived, but two weeks ago I would have said, well, there are four losses on Utah's schedule. If they play the way they played against USC. And prior to the season, I thought there were two losses on the schedule. So now I'm going to flip back. And if Utah plays the way they did against Washington State, maybe there's two losses on the schedule. I think if everything goes the right way for Utah, they could get through the schedule with, with only the one loss to USC. I think that's very possible, the way they played, and with the talent they, they have on this football team. But um, it, it's certainly not a team that's arrived. And, and the minute that they start thinking that, then, then, you, then you have some trouble. I think the, the non-conference schedule, as, as you mentioned, as you alluded to, that didn't serve Utah well going into USC. But now Utah's had to face that adversity. They came through it um, and bounced back against Washington State. Now it's, it's going to be a matter if they can remember that, if they can hold on to that and, and figure out that, you know what, every, now you're in conference play and, and it doesn't matter the opponent because every single week is going to be difficult and every single week a team brings significant challenges and, and Utah has the Utah has the talent to overcome all of that, but only if they play at this really high level, this high efficiency they played with against Washington State. Yeah, I think that uh, I don't think they've used their mulligan because I don't think they only have one mulligan. I think I don't see where Washington or SC is going to go undefeated the rest of the way. They're SC. Everybody gets up to play them. They still have to play Oregon, and uh, their schedule is more difficult going forward. I think that I'm not, I'm not really even concerned about that because I think that if the Utes just take care of business, they'll win the division. And no, nothing that I have seen this season has changed my mind. It's for them to get progressively better. And when you look at it, I agree with you that the non-conference did nothing to prepare them for the conference. So you start from the conference going forward because obviously you can't control that schedule anyway. It's given to you. So they've made a dramatic improvement from week one to week two within the conference season. And that's the mark of a good team. So outside of Washington, I'm not really sure who challenges them the rest of the way. I I get uncomfortable with – like. So Washington State, to me, that was the most that, – that was the game that produced the most anxiety. I just feel like that's a bad matchup for Utah, and they managed that really well for the, for the first time in what four – I guess they were four straight losses. So that, that was a big thing to overcome. I, I like the matchups for Utah going the rest of the way, but there are, there are games that, that still make me anxious obviously playing at Washington, although I think Washington is a good matchup. I think Utah and Washington match up really well. So, so I, I think Utah has, has a slight advantage in that game, even though it's at Washington. That's, that's one that I would put next on the schedule as the most, you know, next most dangerous. Arizona State, I don't, I can't, I don't know. I can't figure this team out, but it's, you know, very talented team. I like the way that Herm Edwards is managing that team. And um, they, they have some explosiveness on, on the offensive side, solid defense, uh, a quarterback, a young quarterback. I think you might be able to get to him, but for a true freshman, the guy's played really well. Cal, I, I, like, I like what Cal does defensively, but I don't think Cal's um, 
you know, Cal's not overpowering. Cal on a good day could, could probably beat most teams in the conference. Um, but they're not good enough that they can just walk through and beat everybody in the conference. So I think you have to look at Cal as a, as a dangerous team. Who knows what, who knows what UCLA is? I mean, they, they lose to air, they beat Washington State with issues and, and then they lose to Arizona. Arizona doesn't even have their top two players on the offensive side. So I, I don't know about that. I think there's a little bit of, you know, you have to keep your eye on Colorado just because of their, the way they throw the ball around the field. And I like their quarterback. They have a couple of really good receivers, decent running game. So Colorado is, is someone to, to take a look at. But so I think there's a few, there's, you know, maybe, maybe uh, a handful of, of threats on the schedule. Um, but I, I think that Utah playing at their highest level can, can get through that conference with only one loss. Frank Dolce joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Do you feel like we're riding the roller coaster here a little too much, Frank? Everything was doom and gloom, now everything's great, and they're going to finish the schedule with one loss? <laughs> well, at least for the past two weeks. I mean, people, it, it was, it's just the expectations people had of this team heading into USC and all of the hype. So, and then you get knocked down, and that throws you off the, you know, that throws you off the top, and, and then you have to figure out how to scrape your way back up. So, and now you've had a really good performance, and, and I'm not jumping back up on top of the, on top of the pile. I, I think it's, I'm going to be more, a little more cautious about the way I approach it. It's, it's a difficult schedule coming up, um, but it's a very – I still think it, there's not a juggernaut in, on the schedule. There's not a juggernaut in the, in the Pac-12. Everybody in the conference is clearly beatable. So um, it's not like you have, you know, you're looking down the pipe and you have Alabama or, or you have Ohio State, you know, on your schedule. And, and that being the case, everybody's beatable. That includes Utah. You know, then that means every game is winnable going out. So that's the way I'm going to look at it. If Utah plays at their best, if they kind of compete at the highest level, throughout the rest of the conference, which is difficult. That's really difficult to do. And I don't, you know, I don't like a bye week and, and that's, I think that's tough to, to, to overcome. So, but, but certainly the games, the, the rest of the games are very winnable for Utah. Frank Dolce, he joins us right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone every week. And he's on all the shows all week long. So he's just warming up for this week. Frank, thanks a lot. Hey guys, it's great, great to talk to you. And and you know, it sounds like PK, you're kind of on the, you're back on the Utah bandwagon. But DJ, you're I never got you're off. A little more. Yes, that's my guy. PK okay, never, well. you know, it's true. PK never did get off. Even after the loss against SC, he was fine. I said it was a long, rocky road. You know, hugging the side of the cliff. They use their mulligan. PK thinks they got another mulligan to use. Do you consider losing to Washington a mulligan? Well, it depends on what SC does. Well, I get, yeah. I get yeah. that, but... So if SC doesn't lose again, then you're right. They've used their mulligan, but I don't expect SC to go undefeated. No, I'm actually... I wouldn't be surprised if they lose to Washington, Washington. but still win the division. That's the goal, is winning the division. That is the goal. Yeah. Yeah. So I hey, fully expect I them to a, win the division. I have, an, I have an interesting question for you guys. Does Ohio State's current success 
make it more or less likely for Urban Meyer to get back into coaching? I don't know that I consider that really an impact on him getting back into coaching. It just comes down to, will he take the job and will someone think his baggage is worth it? We need to win so bad. Yeah. We, know, we know there'll be problems because there were problems at Ohio State and there were problems at Florida. But he's a winner, and we need to win. I think that's the question. You don't, you don't think that the way that Ohio State is playing right now on a team that Urban Meyer built and all the success that, that they're having and it's all about Coach Day and he's not getting any of the credit, I think that, to me, I think that drives him crazy. And he's going to have to get back into coaching to prove that he's still the alpha dog. Yeah. We will leave it right there, Frank. Thanks a lot. Oh. <laughs> All right, guys. Great to talk to you.